question is, what can the believer do? What strength, what confidence should the believer have in their life? Our strength, when the world's foundations are crumbling, is in Jesus Christ. One more time, lift it up with everything that you have. Welcome to the Fellowship of the Rockies radio ministry with Senior Pastor Charlie Jones. Fellowship of the Rockies is Pueblo's contemporary evangelistic church, and it is our hope that today's message will uplift and encourage you as we learn how God's Word applies to our lives every day. Join us for one of our three weekend services, Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m., or Saturday evening at 6 p.m. And now, Fellowship of the Rockies Senior Pastor Charlie Jones. This morning I just got... I got one principle that's been working in my life and my mind for, for many years. It's all the way through scripture. It's, we'll see it evident in what Paul was talking about. I mean, not only did Jesus talk about your wealth more than any other subject, this letter to the Corinthians, two chapters were devoted. Two chapters. Because you can look at your priorities with your wealth you can look at your wealth. You can look at how you spend your wealth, and you can know where your priorities are. So the principle is this. It is possible to give without loving, but it is not possible to love without giving. It is possible to give without loving someone. It is possible to, love without, to, to give without loving an organization. It's possible to give without loving an individual. You can give out of ulterior motives. You can give because you want something. You can give because, in fact, as financial advisors, some of the reason and the advice that they give to people, the reason that you should give is to reduce your tax burden. So it is true. You can give without loving, but it is impossible you cannot love without giving. We were wired. You know this. In your, your earthly relationships, the deeper you fall in love with someone, the more you want to give, the more you want to bless them. We understand this on an earthly, relational, horizontal level, if you will. But the same is true on the vertical level, that the more that you fall in with him, the more that you fall in love with God and what he's doing and what he's done in your life, then it's natural. The more that you want to give and bless him. Watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Here's what Paul says. He's been going for a chapter and a half, and here he goes, and he says, the point is this. I don't want you to miss this. I want you to understand this. In case, in case you've misunderstood, I'm going to be very clear. Here's the point. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each man must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. In other words, that we don't give out of guilt, we don't give out of manipulation, and we don't give begrudgingly, we don't give because we have to, because we're afraid God's gonna get mad. Scripture says that we give because we're so deep in love with him that it's, it's just natural to give. In fact, is the word cheerful comes from a Greek word, hilarion, where we get our word hilarious, to where when you give what Paul was saying, you ought to laugh and say, I can't believe we can give this much. I cannot believe that we're at the point in our life that I actually can give this much. Fact is, look at it this way. How about on your anniversary? How about if you're celebrating your anniversary with your partner and your, your, your spouse and, and you take the gift and you stuff it in a brown paper bag and you kind of wad it up and go into the living room and throw it on their lap and says, here, here's your anniversary gift. It was way too expensive. I didn't want to go to the mall. I didn't want to get it. I didn't want to buy it, but I knew if I didn't get you a gift, you would be mad and I'd have to live with that for the rest of the year. So here, happy anniversary. <laughs> Do you feel very blessed? Absolutely not, but what if? What if your spouse 
took a gift that wasn't even worth that much money and wrapped it and put a bow on it and handed it to you and said, you know what? You're worth so much more than this. After all you've done for me in marriage and life and being a partner, I just got to tell you, you're worth so much more than this. And when the day comes that I can give you more, I'm giving you more because you're worth it. See, that's what Paul was saying. Paul was saying this, yeah, it's possible. I understand that. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. We're wired that way in relationships that he goes on. Verse eight, he said, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Here comes some promises. There's promises all the way through this. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. He's given to the poor through you, by the way. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower, the one that gives, in other words, and bread for food, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. God promises over and over in Scripture. You give. You give with the right motive. You give with the right heart. You give not with any ulterior motives. And I will bless you. Verse 11, he goes on, and you will be enriched in every way. Why? To be generous in every way. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to bless others. It's not about self-indulgence. It's not about all about us. He says, you're blessed to be generous in every way. And through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Now listen, I really struggled with even preaching on these verses because we have a thing going on in the U.S. right now, and you know it. Prosperity, gospel, media, pastors, and, and they're ripping and torturing and just ripping this verse out of context. That During this week, I'm like, I don't even know if I want to bring this up. Because there's men out there with ministries that say that if you will give to their causes, if you will give to their ministries, if you will see a sow, uh, see, see, uh, sow a seed... I'll get it. It just frustrates me, I promise you. If you, will, if you will sow a seed of $10, then God will give you $1,000 back. It's just how much do you want? How much do you want the harvest? If you sow a seed of, of $100, he'll give you $10,000. You've heard this stuff about that if you sow a seed, if you give, then God will make you rich and you'll drive a Mercedes and live life large and have the big house. And, 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 it, and that's why you and I have got to decide, are your beliefs American beliefs or biblical beliefs? Because see, when America, when we talk about prosperity, all we think of is money. It's a huge commentary on our generation. It's a, it's a horrible commentary, if you will, that when we think of prosperity, we only think of money. Listen, if we give to get, if we just give so we'll reap that harvest, God will not honor that type of giving. Listen, I can go out on the streets. I can tell a non-Christian, if you give me a $100 bill, I'll give you 1000 back. They'll do that all day long, whether they love the Lord or not. A non-Christian could give under that. And he said, you give, I'll enrich you in every way. Not just materially. 
I'll make you rich in relationships. In grace. I'll enrich you so that you know you are totally and completely forgiven because you're in love with me. And I'll give you grace. And I'll give you forgiveness. And I'll enrich you in every way so you can enrich others. See, believers should be the most generous people on the planet. Not just monetarily, but we should be generous people. We should be the first people willing and generous with forgiveness because of what we've been forgiven for. And acceptance and love. And not being judgmental. And maybe God wants to make you rich in faith, and maybe God wants to make you rich in character, and maybe God wants to make you rich in humility and family and relationships and, and friends. Understand this. Not everyone can handle a financial blessing. Too much is given, much is required. And so the question is, do I believe that God wants to bless his children materially? Absolutely yes, but not just to indulge ourselves. My motivation to make more is to give more. Your motivation to make more is not so that you can just indulge yourselves more, but so that you can be a blessing to others. Listen, prosperity just isn't measured in dollars. In fact, material prosperity has nothing to do, no correlation to spiritual prosperity. If so, Donald Trump would be a saint and Mother Teresa would be a sinner. Nothing to do. And we are blessed to be a blessing to others. And God's rewards to those who give is not always immediate. We just got to look at this verse, verse 28, but hang on. <laughs> Back to six. His rewards are not always immediate. And when a farmer sows a seed, he doesn't reap in the same season that he planted, right? His rewards aren't always immediate, and just because you give does, doesn't mean that you're going to win the lottery the next day. And it just doesn't mean that there's going to be a financial the next day, and God's rewards are not always immediate. And we've got to understand that sometimes possessions may not be a blessing in life. Last week, we looked at the rich young ruler in Matthew chapter 10. And his material wealth became a curse in his life. Remember we looked at that scripture and, he, and Jesus talked to him? And his trust was in wealth. His trust was in riches. In fact, his, it was his prosperity that kept him from coming to Jesus. Jesus never told the rich man that if you sell all, or he, he didn't tell the rich man if you sell all you have, all of your resources to the poor, then you will earn salvation. He never said that. Salvation, come, follow me. Give to the poor. So Jesus talked about giving right at that statement. He says, give to the poor and guess what? You will be blessed. Give and it will be given to you. And so Simon Peter, when Jesus says, come and follow me, and, and the man trusted in riches and couldn't trust in Christ and he walked away sad is what the scripture says. Simon Peter in verse 28 was always the guy that said stuff that everybody else was thinking but nobody else wanted to say. Verse 28, here's what Simon Peter said to Jesus. He says, see, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus, I just want to make sure you recognize what we have done for you. And Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake 
and for the sake of the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Listen, this verse was huge in my life. When we left family and we left relatives and we left friends and came to a different land to plant a church for the cause of the gospel, I lived through this verse. Who receive a hundredfold now in this time. So some of them are immediate, but they're not all. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in this age to come in eternal life. But many who are first will also be last and the last first. And scripture says that if you sacrifice anything for him, it'll come back to you a hundredfold. In this life, in the life to come. Fact is, most of our rewards are waiting for us in eternity. And God keeps accurate records. He sees everything, and he's, he's a debtor to no man. And scripture says that I'll bless you in this age, in the age to come. And sometimes it's delayed and sometimes it's eternity. And I am so rich in relationships and friendships in Pueblo, Colorado. It's not all money and it's not all prosperity, but God promises you give. Man, I'll reward you, and it's not always immediate. Verse 11, you'll be enriched in every way. Why? To be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. And Boy, we are blessed to be blessed and to bless others. One man was generous and also prosperous, and he had a friend, and he looked at him and says, how is it that you give so much money away, and it seems like you, and you, it seems like you just keep getting more, and you have so much? How is that? He says, you know, I don't know. I can't figure it out. He says, I can only explain it like this. I, I shovel it out. God shovels it in, and I guess his shovel is just a lot bigger than mine. <laughs> Man, you give. See, giving what Apostle Paul said, giving meets the needs of others. Whether you realize it or not, when you give to this church, when you give to a ministry that is reaching others, you are meeting the needs. It says, Scripture says earlier, remember, that God says, I will give to the poor. Guess how he gives to the poor? Through you and through your giving. Verse 12, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. One of the reasons that the younger generation has so many issues with the local churches is this, because they see the local churches just indulging themselves. Bigger buildings, more stuff, spending all of their resources on themselves, and they don't care about the poor, they don't care about the downcast, they don't care about the outcasts, they don't care about the hurting people. And scripture says that when you give and when I give, that we are ministering to the poor. See, in the New Testament, the New Testament believers, they would give to the church and then the church would disperse the income, they would disperse the resources to the poor and to the needy and to the hurting and to start other churches for evangelisms. And when you give, you're meeting the needs of others, physical needs, emotional needs, spiritual needs, needs, physical needs. And giving, it is a testimony to God. In fact, this giving is part of your testimony. Verse 12, watch this. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but what? But it's also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, 
They will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Jesus Christ, your testimony, and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. Listen, people of this world are not impressed by our talk. They're not impressed. Non-Christians aren't really impressed that you go to church. They're not really impressed that you read the Bible. They're not really impressed that you maybe memorize some scripture. They're not really impressed that you go to Bible studies. But I tell you what, when you start giving out of your resources, you're now talking their language. When you start giving grace to people, when you start giving acceptance to people, giving is a part of your testimony. Two years ago, we adopted Span Elementary School and And uh, you know all that we've done there with school supplies and everything else. The last two years, we've supplied them with a basketball coach up until our involvement, our adoption with Spen Elementary. Those kids didn't even have a basketball team because they could not find a parent. They could not find anybody willing to volunteer in that school and go into the school and deal with some of the issues. Do you realize we put coaches in that school? And Span Elementary now has basketball put back into place as some huge things are taking place in the kids' life. We give them school supplies. We give them coats. We do other community ministries within our community that we just give money away. And that's the reason our community has taken notice of Fellowship the Rockies. Not because of what we do on Saturday nights and not because of what we do on Sundays, but they're taking notice because there's a group of people who are willing to give because, see, the world knows for us to be able to support Span Elementary School, for us to support all the community ministries in our community, someone had to sacrificially give to someone that they may never meet. Someone that they may may never know. Someone that they may never lock eyes with this side of heaven. And it's because of that that this community has taken notice. And we have been invited to the table with about 10, 15 other community leaders from from commissioners and and city council members and city manager and uh, other heads of departments. And they have invited Fellowship the Rockies to the table to help answer this question. How can we help the community at a greater way? This is unbelievable for a church to be invited to the table. It wasn't because of what we do on Saturday nights and not because of what we do on Sundays, but it's because they take notice of the testimony of the giving, the generosity of people that are willing to adopt an elementary school, willing to meet the needs of the outcasts, the hurting, and those in pain. And giving is an expression of our thanks to God. Man, when we give, and we're telling him just thank you. Thank you for being so generous. See, he was pretty generous for us, right? When we needed a savior, we needed forgiveness of sin, when we needed help, he gave his firstborn. He gave his first, his best. He didn't wait for us to straighten up and get our act together and get better at anything. Scripture says while we were still sinners, while we were still trapped in our sins, he died for us. And then God gives generously. God gives cheerfully. Hebrews 12, 2, talking about Jesus going to the cross. Here's what the scripture says. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy... Seems kind of strange and odd. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
he didn't go to the cross because he had to. In fact, is John would say that no one took his life from him. He laid it down on his own accord. He had the power to pick it back up. You're giving. You're giving is telling God, thank you. You ever done something really nice for someone? You sacrificed, you give them a great gift, and they didn't send you a thank you note. They didn't say thank you. If you're like me, that kind of disappointed you. It kind of hurt. Do you realize that every time you give, you're telling God, thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your acceptance. Sometimes we can be so generous in gifts with everyone around us. And then when it comes to him, we close our heart off and we come up with all the reasons why we can't give. And through this series and three sermons and and talking about this issue that if you'll give, God will bless you. And if you give, God Giving's a lot like giving blood. Just as your body replenishes the blood, God replenishes the resources. Every time you give, and you're telling God, thank you. Thank you for the blessings that are in my life. Thank you for how you so richly bless me. And I'm just telling you, If you hang on to what God has given you, your heart will get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller to where the day may come when you lose your soul. The rich young ruler. It's possible to give without loving. It is not possible. I'm just telling you. It is not possible to love without giving. And we have a danger in America of living with a scarcity mentality that says the more I give, the less I have. But that's not right living. The kingdom principle is this. The less I give, the less I have, the more I have, the more I give. Or the more I give, the more I have. I don't understand it. Jesus, when he, when he fed the 5,000, most unbelievable story. He started out, get this, he started out with five loaves and two fishes, two fish. And he blessed them, and he fi- fed 5,000. Huge miracle. Impacted my life just hearing the story. But you know my favorite part of that story is he ended up with more leftovers than he started with. He's teaching that principle. I can give a personal testimony. After many, many years of tithing, that God can do way more with my 90% than I can with 100%. 
that I can end up with more than I started with. You have been listening to the Fellowship of the Rockies radio ministry. At Fellowship of the Rockies, you will find a relaxed, friendly atmosphere, uplifting praise and worship, and life-changing groups for adults and teens. Fellowship of the Rockies is a community-oriented church where you can build lasting personal and spiritual relationships. Fellowship of the Rockies is located at 3892 West Northern Avenue, next to Kmart. We have three weekend services, Saturday at 6 p.m., Sunday at 9 a.m., and Sunday at 1045 a.m., all with fully staffed children and student ministries. For more information, call the church office at 544-5000. Fellowship of the Rockies, connecting God, people, and community.